Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 305. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We are back together again in Las Vegas after a little stint on Fight Island. It's good to see my man, Cold Coffee. Man, just a few days ago, snow on the ground out here in Las Vegas, if you can believe that. But now, it's a nice little 55 degrees on a Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. How crazy was that, Cold Coffee? Snow, man. I think I've seen it like three times. I've lived here about 13 years. I was trying to count in my head. Somebody was asking me. I was saying maybe three times over that 13 years. Last year, I remember we got a little bit that I remember seeing at my place. Oddly enough, I didn't get any where I'm at here. <laughs> I actually had precipitation. I had rain here. It was gray, and we had some rain. But I knew that the it was more on the outskirts, the higher elevated places yeah, yeah. So you're where you're at well out there you're getting a little closer to the mountains so you're, yep. you might be a little bit more elevated but i know that uh, summerlin got some um you know when i was watching the pictures of the uh, uh some of the meteorologists here in town were posting pictures of mount charleston and the mountains it was beautiful right. scene oh yeah the, the mountains yeah gorgeous. particularly here yeah here where i'm at um we just got some rain here but it was still it was still kind of uh, a little slick on the roads and all that kind of stuff but yeah, I want to say last year I had a little bit here that I remember seeing, or maybe it was the year before, but yeah, I, literally less than a handful of times can I remember seeing snow sitting on the ground, and if if that maybe even just falling. Right. I think one of the last times I was I was actually up in Mount Charleston and saw some coming down, and it was like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know. Oh, I was like, all right, let me get in the car and drive drive 45 minutes and get away from this stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to say, you know what's funny is, I, I, I don't know, I probably – like, I feel like maybe I shouldn't say this because it's kind of our local little secret, but uh, I'm going to throw it out there. To anybody that ever comes to Vegas, if, if you can schedule a day to get out and go to Mount Charleston, it is so beautiful. It's 45 minutes from the Strip. During the summer, it's like 30 degrees cooler than the desert floor. So during the summertime, it's like a, you can go out there and get a nice 75-degree day up in the up in the mountains. You can actually, mm-hmm. uh, during the winter, like snowboard, snow ski, that sort of stuff. So uh, – Man, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like our little local gift that we like to keep to ourselves so the tourists don't get out there. Yeah. But but uh, but it's a, but it's beautiful. I think if people don't know that part about Las Vegas, I think you you miss a big part of what Las Vegas is. Speaking of Mount Charleston, I don't know if you heard about this, but the the state highway troopers were actually stopping cars on the way up yeah. the the mountain if you didn't have uh, snow tires, yep, uh, or chains on your tires, yep. like. That's some hardcore shit. Like that's I crazy. know I don't have chains yeah, on who, my tires. Who in Vegas owns <laughs> that's like, that? Yeah, that's like some. Hey, I, I just happened to come into town from Colorado. <laughs> Let me put my chains back on the on the on the car. But yeah, I mean it's so beautiful up there. And when you're able, there's some really neat like uh, some campgrounds that I like to to go stay at. But yeah, if you make it all the way to the top where the the skiing is, it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, but you man. literally feel. Like you have transported yourself to a whole different state. It's unreal. There's some of the views up there where it's up high and you get to look down upon the valley. Um, it is absolutely breathtaking. I mean, before I moved here, I mean, I appreciated the desert scape, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how it's very different. Um, but until you really are immersed in it, um, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. It Everybody, you always see these pictures and you think of all oh, these plush green meadows and all this other stuff. I mean, it's different, and but it's beautiful in its own uh, in its own sort of way. But yeah, I, I I 
I agree with your sentiment. If people can come to town and get a chance to go up to uh, Mount Charleston, especially if you say you come to town for a fight week and you got a couple of random days, yeah. I mean, you can only go to the to the strip or to the Fremont so many times, you know. So it's definitely worth uh, it's definitely worth a, a trip out there, even the trips to like Death Valley and some of the other places. Yeah, Death. Um, Red Rock is a lot. Really, Red Rock's really gorgeous, neat. man. Yeah, Red Rock's really really nice too. That's a real nice one. Oh. Enough about the na- naturejunkie.com, the nature road show, uh, <laughs> getting out and about. But I, you know what? I was ha- I was happy for my kid to be able to see. It's the, it's snow. the wine. It's the wine I'm drinking. Well, okay. <laughs> I was I was gonna let you keep that little secret to yourself there, but since you added yourself, I, somewhere along the lines here, myself. cold coffee has gone fancy. Me, I'm 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 keeping it kind of traditional day. I got a nice frosty beverage here in my hand. You know, just enjoying it. What's what, what, what are you, you got doing? There? You got you got the red. I, t- I tapped the Rockies a little bit. I, I poured a little ice cold oh. Coors Light into this cup. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have tapped into a bottle of red wine. Getting getting fancy with yeah, it. a little Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, mm. oh, oh, oh. I it's <laughs> yeah. That's how you have to drink it too. I'm, I'm gonna pinky out and everything. <laughs> um, I don't know why I. I happened to get it. I think it was one of the last uh, grocery store ones when I, I went back through the uh, aisle, uh, the alcohol aisle because I wanted to get another four pack of that PBR call, uh, hard coffee. Oh, I it is that. good, but it is super sweet. It is really sweet. It is really sweet. I can see where somebody would want to mix it with something or put it over ice or something. But when I pop it and drink it out of the can, um, it's it's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet, but it's good. It's really really good. But so I went and I did that, and then uh, I think I had picked up some stuff for spaghetti or something, and then I was like, I should probably get red wine. <laughs> I have yet to make spaghetti, but here I am drinking the red wine. So that is phenomenal. sorry, spaghetti night. <laughs> spaghetti night's gonna get something else. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Yeah. Pairing the yeah, red wine I'm with the fancy spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Super fancy here. That's Super fancy like that. That's funny. Well, listen, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into some MMA talk. Not uh, you know, not any big events this weekend, but of course, you still get the continued fallout from USC 257. Uh, Michael Chandler, man, he's he's still on that press for the title shot, man. He's out there doing the media rounds and and uh, you know, so I'm doing like the Jim Rome show. I mean, he's doing the big spots, you know, and, and calling for that fight with Dustin Poirier. And, of course, you remember back at USC 257 afterwards, I think Poirier kind of surprised us all a little bit. He basically said, look, that Chandler fight makes absolutely uh, no sense to me whatsoever. And, you know, at first I, I said I was a little bit surprised. And, and uh, you know, then, you know, the way he kind of explained it, I get it. I think Poirier is, is, is kind of standing his ground on principle, right? I mean, he's saying – uh, look, I had to grind my way to the top. Uh, you know, I, I think other people should have to grind their way too. And, and, and Michael Chandler's kind of making his way over here from Bellator. And there's truth to that. But I will say, I mean, I do think Michael Chandler was on a grind in a different place as well. So I don't feel like it's like yeah. you could totally throw everything away that he did at Bellator. So I get it. So I don't know. I guess, first of all, I want to ask you what's your take on Dustin Poirier's stance, right? Is it a legit stance where it's like, look, I came up the hard way, you know, the, you know, Michael Chandler needs to put in his time too, or do you think it's it's more of like a negotiation type thing? I mean, do you think it's some kind of leverage or I mean, it's not a contractual thing, but I mean, is he just trying to take some stance or do you think this is I mean, I don't know. D- Dustin seems to be like a straight shooter, like a kind of a kind of a man of principle. I I think I can take what he's saying at face value. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. I mean, like Dustin uh he, he- 
I mean, even with the like the Connor things, I mean, I I, I bet he probably didn't even try to push to squeeze as much out money wise from that as he could as well. I think he was happy to be able to get the fight and get in there and challenge himself. Um, I think the way that he had to come up, you know, fighting for interim titles and all this other stuff, and then, you know, working up to the point where now he is legit in lock and step to be at the title shot, you right. know, whether it's against uh, Khabib or have that place to, you know, should the, the belt be vacated and he has that next shot. I get it where, you know, he doesn't want to give it to a guy that's just fought one time. I mean, granted, he was an impressive performance against Dan Hooker. Sure. Um, super. I mean, that was fantastic. But you got to fight some more times before you just give him a shot. I mean, regardless of coming in and uh, being a former champion and all this other stuff, um, I do think he also realizes that that is very well a fight that he could lose. Um so why not, you know, fight and give the opportunity? One, I love the idea that uh, he wants to respect the division and let the other person that's been right there at the top with him um, have a possibility. I mean, I think when he talks about how Charles Oliveira has a, a yeah. better shot of getting the opportunity, he's giving credence back to this division that he's been toiling in the whole time. And Oliveira's got an incredible, um, you know, record coming behind him and he's yeah. done the legwork he's beat he's beat great guys so um you know i i don't see it as just being like okay come at me with a bigger number and i'll i'll agree to michael chandler because i don't think it'll get there i think they'll end up letting him i mean i mean who knows it's funny you know we even joke sort of internally you know is is the ufc ready to embrace this former Bellator guy, this former champion, or do they want <laughs> right. to really sort of, you know, get behind the guys that have been coming up and fighting and doing awesome work within the UFC, which would be Charles Oliveira. I mean, what's sexier? Is it uh, a Dustin Poirier versus a Charles Oliveira, or is it Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler? I could see where a lot of people would say option B is I do a lot too. sexier. I, think, I hate to say it. I hate to say you it, know? but I think that's the sexier matchup right now, especially coming off that performance. And like you said, I know it's a Bellator yeah. guy, but man, he performed great in the cage. He was great on the mic. And maybe it is. Maybe he it's was just incredible so on the was... mic. That was, <laughs> that was so fantastic. I mean, that was, I mean, that one showed his experience and it showed the dude's been killing it on the mic. I mean, he, that, that was championship level talk because i was so jacked after that i was just laughing and smiling i think yeah. the whole time because i was like this is absolutely incredible like he just uh, killed it like not only did he kill the fight but he killed yeah. everything after so here's the thing is i'm at coca i'm torn on this one right i'm torn on this one because yeah. to me yes charles Oliveira, the run that he's been on the, the 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 things that he's done what he's accomplished absolutely he deserves a title shot and and by the way we're all assuming, I think, that Habib is done. I, I, I've said it all along. I thought Habib might be done. I, I, you know, I still think he's sticking to those guns. You have to put Poirier as one half of a fight. I mean, you can't not have a, yeah. a title fight with Dustin Poirier. So, to me, your, your options right now are, yes, either Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler or Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. And I hate to say it because I'm telling you right now, I think Charles Oliveira, if we're really just talking about Merritt, who, quote, unquote, deserves it more, yeah, I think it's Charles. I think it's Charles Oliveira that deserves it more. But man, coming off a performance like that, and you know, knowing that anything could happen to Michael Chandler next, 
I feel like you, you cash, you know, you strike while the iron is hot, so to speak, or whatever cliche you want to use. I kind of feel like that's yep. the direction you go in. Now, Dustin has said no. If you're the UFC. If you're well, that, <laughs> there you go. Is, is, is can you convince Dustin Poirier to get, to get on board with that? Yeah, I mean, it's that's tough because, uh, I mean, one, I think Dustin probably likes his opportunities better with Charles Oliver because he knows that he needs to just keep it off the ground. I don't think he's worried about Charles striking. I don't think he's worried about Charles taking him down. Um, he, you know, if Charles is able to get him down, we're not going to see the level of, like, what Khabib was able to do right. to Dustin when he was down. You know, like, Dustin's, I'm not too worried about him there, even though Charles' uh, jiu-jitsu skills on his back, on the ground, are just absolutely sickening. Uh, dude is so talented. But I think in his mind, and I think anybody would say that that's a better matchup for him stylistically. I think so. But Chandler, I mean, the way he stalked, uh, Dan Hooker um, was was ju- it was just scary. Like Dan Hooker never became Dan Hooker that night. It's like uh, he he never got to, he never fully booted up. His right. computer still had the <laughs> Apple screen still on, and, uh, and and Chandler walked straight up into his face and dropped him before that he got to the long the login prompt. Um, <laughs> what a way to say and, it. And I think. You know, so I think that that's the point where Dustin does realize, but Dustin's not scared of him. He's not whatever, but he also realizes that anybody I think would say, you know, if I had to pick between the two, you know, I'm going to pick the guy that I think that fits better for my fighting style. But that coupled with that as well is the fact that one guy has been toiling away in the UFC and deserves that shot. And if there's ever a guy that's been one to sort of champion what is right for the division, what fighters should get fighters getting their due uh, respect and their due opportunity. It's been Dustin. Right. Dustin has represented the, the guy, the the blue collar guy that's been grinding and grinding and he got his chances and he did everything they needed to do. So how can he now all of a sudden be the guy that just completely turns and says, yes, I want the bigger payday, you know, which would happen if he fought Chandler. Let's just be honest. I think it would, I think it would be a much bigger payday if that was a pay-per-view. It would sell a lot more. I think it does. So if he's willing to say, you know, I'd rather let the division, um, you know, do what is right, you know, and have some time off, but in the back of his mind saying, all right, yeah, this is better for me anyways, styles-wise, but... Um, yeah, I just don't, it does for me, it doesn't ring like it's a, like it's a money play by any means. Uh, I don't think it is either. I I don't think, I think it's a smart play. I think it's just a smart play. Here's what, here's the wild card I want to throw at you. And this one has crossed my mind this week. And I thought, uh Oh, could this possibly happen? Could the UFC go to Dustin Poirier and say, Dustin, we think Michael Chandler is, is the fight to make. That's the direction we're going in. It's you versus Chandler for the lightweight title. And Poirier sticks to his guns and says, nope, I'm selling hot sauce. I'm selling hot sauce. And then they go, okay, well, you know what? We'll pivot and we'll turn to Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title. Dustin Poirier gets blocked out. And then Dana does what Dana does, right, where he says, well, there's a lot of ways to not want to fight. Dustin Poirier did not want that fight. And – he would technically be accurate. We know exactly what he'd be saying. I mean, Dustin said, I'd rather sell hot sauce than take that fight. And I think he's being honest about it as well. Do you think there's a situation where we could end up with with Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier get shut out? I mean, how you laid it out right there is completely plausible that that could happen. Oh. I believe so. Oh. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen. 
I think the amount of um, bad juju that the UFC would get for <laughs> turning their back on Dustin, oh. for Dustin to go and do what he did um, against Connor, he is he has thrown himself back into the spotlight um, in a huge way. I had somebody hit me up and was like, uh, "What did he say?" He's like, bro, you know I don't watch this MMA thing, uh, but how big was it that that Irish guy lost? <laughs> you know? So he wasn't talking about, you know, anybody else that had a great performance or whatever, but he was talking about the fact that Connor lost, and then who did Connor lose to? Yep. So Dustin right now has splashed himself into more of the the mainstream and the fact he's doing everything right right now you bring up the hot sauce which i actually ordered some i hasn't got it yet did you did you um, so i was thinking I'm about doing some we'll have to, to taste trip. test it it's not cheap it's not That's... cheap uh, part of it's because it's going through the uh, but it, it falls in line with the, what the rest of this uh, it's like 20 bucks a bottle basically I, I looked at it i, I was like gonna 14 i think it was like but then you gotta but then you gotta ship it right then you gotta ship it it was like yeah i ended up buying some other I ended up buying like three other bottles of hot sauce, so it was like whatever. <laughs> okay, all right. Fair I, I like I like my hot sauce, so it all kind of it all kind of played out. But you're right. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it's he's he's doing. Uh, I think it would just be it would be some bad press because right now I think people loved everything about how Dustin handled himself that fight week, and then the fight was just the icing on the cake. I mean, he everything he re- represented about him, he was. Humble the whole time. I love the interaction between him and Connor. I know some people are like, "Man, I want the I want the shit talking. I want the blah blah blah." We get so much of that. Maybe I'm in the minority. Yeah. I no. absolutely loved the whole fight week. I loved the interaction between the two of them. I loved that how they were humble. I loved how Dustin gave him hot sauce. He gave him proper twelve. Boy, I was I was smiling ear to ear. I was cheesing. I, maybe I'm a I cheese agree. ball, but I I actually liked that week. So I think that. Dustin and Connor handled themselves so fantastic that week, and then for for Dustin to come out and perform like he, he did, um, I know a lot of people, uh, my casual buddies that were talking about Dustin and are huge fans now of this guy that beat the Irish guy, and uh, <laughs> who who loved everything about it. You know, once they started reading up a little bit, you know, he's doing everything with his his foundation and being able to give back all this other stuff. And we've said this before many many times. I mean. Dustin is the perfect individual that you want to represent this sport. Mm-hmm. So the last thing you want to do is shaft the guy that is one of the best representatives for your I sport. Agree. If they did, even though it would be um, bigger money in the mean set, but I don't care about Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira. That does nothing for me. I, I, I hate, to say, I hate for, to say it, but I, no, I, agree. I mean, I would rather... I personally would rather see Dustin versus Charles. Yeah, I like that matchup just for the fact that we've been watching these guys guys toil away in that division for a while. It makes sense for us, for all of us that are like, oh man, all this jumping the the line stuff sucks. You know, to see that would be awesome. But so if we saw another case of a guy literally jumping the line and getting it, and then let alone shafting a guy that is probably one of your best spokesmen for the 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 company and, and the division. Would just be bad, bad form. I, I just don't see where they would do it, but they 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 tend to do stuff that always leaves our <laughs> uh, scratch in our head. So uh, it, I, I can't say that it, it won't happen, but I it hope would it be really happen. really weird. It would be really weird to hear from my casual friends saying like, "What happened with the guy that that beat the you know Connor? You know why isn't he fighting for the title?" 
oh, well, let me tell you a story just to have them say, oh, well, that sucks, and then lose interest. <laughs> I think I think that the UFC, you would think that they would be smart enough to find the ways to make Dustin happy, just like what they did with Khabib. You know, Khabib, when he, when he got the belt, when he was rising up, they realized we need, we need to put stock in this guy and give him what he wants and became, he became every bit as big of a star as they wanted to be. Yep. Dustin right now is, is at that point where he is, he is crossing the threshold and he's already been there before for the people that I think were diehards. But now that you have a lot of people tuning in because of what he was able to do against Connor, you got to ride that momentum. If anything else, they need to push him more than ever to actually squeeze as much as they possibly can out of this momentum. So I would hope that they would do whatever he wants uh, to make that title fight. You know, I would. And again, Dana, I know you're listening to this. Uh, I'm into the Oliveira Poirier matchup. I think that's a good one. It's a good and I matchup. think people would watch it. Uh, it's a I good think matchup. People would watch it. It's a good match. All right. So then if we do that, let's say let's let's hope that that little little shady circle that we all drew right there doesn't happen. We end up with Poirier Oliveira. Then what do you do with Gaethje? Do you do you? I should say, what do you do with Michael Chandler? Do you put him up with Justin Gaethje? Or uh, I love that fight. I, I love that fight, but is is that too much to ask of Chandler, who just came in? That's a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, this a, dude just yeah. came in and fought a guy that nobody wanted to fight. Uh, starched him, was amazing on the mic, did everything he could. Oh, by the way, don't forget. Uh, did you that favor of going to Fight Island twice, right? You know, came in, came in as a yeah. standby. So he's already done you a solid, even though he's brand new. Then you give him a killer like Justin Gaethje, who, I mean, is capable of beating anybody. Is that is that too much to ask? Because I guess the flip side would be Michael Chandler. You can sit around and wait, but now you're talking about what a year because the the, the Poirier Oliveira fight wouldn't happen till the summer, and then at best you're you're hoping December. Probably January. I mean, Dustin's not out here fighting four times a year at this point in his career. No. And, you know, so a fight that sort of uh, piqued me the other day was when uh, Diaz was jawing uh, away a little bit on the social media um, with the Connor and the Dustin result. And then um, Gagey sort of chirped a little bit back at Diaz. I would love, love to see Gagey and uh, and Diaz be able Ooh. to fight somehow if they, if they found – you know, if they decided, hey, I'm I'm gonna go up for a fight, or, or let's do a catch weight or something, I, I guarantee I think Justin would be happy even doing a catch weight. You know, even though it wasn't pushing the division for that particular fight, because he knows it would be incredible money, yep. and it seems like something that that he's into. But um, again, that doesn't do anything in terms for like the next the division or whatever. Um, I would love to see the Chandler uh, Gagey, but you're right. I mean, that is a lot to ask for Chandler. But Chandler's been saying the whole time. I mean, he's. He's calling the top of the division out, anyways. But you if, know what I like? Check this anybody- out. I was just saying, I'm sorry, but check this out. You know what? If they would do, if they could find a way to make Gaethje Diaz, then you could go Chandler RDA, which I don't mean to be disrespectful of a former champion, Rafael dos Anjos, but maybe that's yeah. a little, like a little less that's of a, a test. Yeah, it's a, right. You know what I'm saying? It's a good fight. That's a good fight. It's a former champ. It's a name. But maybe not yep. quite as dangerous at this point in his career as Justin Gaethje. And I, I say that with the yep. utmost respect. Yeah, and it's I mean it's, it's two former champs fighting each other. I mean, yeah. who can't get behind that? And, and the right. promotion already sells itself. You know, you got a former UFC champ against a former Bellator champ. 
and it and it's a guy that's higher in the in the rankings, at least the U uh, the the USA Today MMA Junkie rankings. The, the only ones I'm sure that you probably really like pay that. Attention the, UFC, to. the only yeah. ones that matter. Yeah, I think that is an incredible fight, and I think I think that's the kind of thing that you know. Gagey, one, it's he's not fighting a guy that's just coming into the division. I think right. Gagey would be into it because he understands it. But if Gagey, by giving Gagey the freedom to maybe pick and choose his fight a little bit, and if Diaz is into it, you know, if if you can get some heat, I think the heat that that would come off that fight week would be incredible. Um, and and it doesn't hurt his placement in the in the lightweight division by any means. He doesn't lose mm-hmm. any footing. Should he take a catchweight fight somewhere else? And, and uh, uh, I think. It could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun, but it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you want you want Chandler to keep moving because for because you're right. I mean, he starts taking a loss and it takes and say he gets another loss, then is he damaged goods at that point? Yep. You know, and then then it's a matter of then he's got to rebuild himself back up through the division. Um, Gagey is, I mean, he's he's kind of stuck right now. You know, unless he's going to get the title shot, he's kind of stuck. So we might as well at least give him a little opportunity to have a little fun. But, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it if they if they did the, the Gagey Chandler. But, yeah, I, fe- I have the feeling like after that fight, one of those guys is going to be wrecked. Um, physically, <laughs> yeah, they're both going to be wrecked. Oh. Physically, they're both going to be wrecked. But one of them is going to be, you know, is going to have lost his shine and going to have lost their positioning sort of uh, for whatever the next title is. But then yeah. – and it's just tough because I mean they're all it's all so tough at the top of the division to find fights for these guys. You almost have to find something outside of the norm to even justify it because you know what do you do? You you try to tell Justin, oh hey you know everybody's sort of book you know you know uh, Al's needing something or you know Kevin Lee's a good opportunity or blah blah blah. You know you can't go that far back. I don't think so either. Um, it's tough. That's it. That's it's a tough predicament up there. But but I love the fact when I saw Gagey start chirping at Diaz, I was like, man, is there any way it, I would just get down and find religion and pray if that fight could happen? Because <laughs> that would be that would be a lot of fun. Because just the styles. I mean, both guys would just walk forward into the middle of the octagon and just slaps. And, and uppercuts, and you know, I doubt there would be any takedown probably until like the, the the third round or something. You know, that would be like the that would be an incredible co-main event, but it would be worthy of a main event. But if there was like something where we needed, uh, you know, say if there was that Poirier um, uh, Oliveira on a main event, you know, and then had this one as the co-main event. I think it could justify still being uh, yeah. So you got your backup fighting place, basically. You got your backups there, right? And a go. big one, and a big one that's worth it. You know, I mean, it's tough for them. You know, remember for a while there, it was like two or three title fights every pay per view, and it was like they can never sustain this this sort of path that they're doing it. You know, then at some point, people are going to be like, "This isn't worth the money anymore." I I remember when you used to get me two or three title fights on on a pay per view, and now you're giving me. You know, two guys that are contending to be the number one contender as a main event. You know, it's like, uh, okay. Um, so I can see where some people now, I mean, they, we were spoiled. We were spoiled for a while there when they had all that other stuff. So I don't know. I think that's the kind of that's the kind of card you would almost need to have to have happen to be justified to be another pay-per-view without a title fight or something. i tell you what. I mean, this one was, in a sense, was like a title fight. I mean, a Connor fight. A Connor fight's like a title fight. I I wonder. It's like a title fight. It is like a title fight. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, I mean, could you headline a pay-per-view 
with Justin Gaethje versus Nate Diaz. No title. Could you headline? I I think you could. I think I you would could. Like it. I, I know. I think you I could. I would like it. I I mean I'm I'm all for it. I mean like Diaz Diaz has reached that. He's definitely has reached that threshold. I mean yes. there's there's a handful of people that could probably pull that off. Um, like a John Jones. Um, some of these other guys like Diaz is is that guy. He his mm-hmm. following is so fervent, is so amazing. His fight weeks are so fun, and but you know what you're gonna get. That's like a guaranteed fun fight. Um, but yeah, I would I would be more than happy to have that be a pay per view, even even with the the price raise. Oh, shame on you, ESPN. <laughs> I agree with you, man. All right, so <laughs> so so Dana White, it's done. As you said, we know Dana, loyal listener every week. Well, he's he's always yeah. shouting, Thanks, probably Dana. always shouting us out behind the scenes. You know, he's always hitting us up for koozies and stuff <laughs> like he's that. He's already got Sean listening on speakerphone. He's like, yeah, you got to listen to this part. You know, just just. Send the contract. I don't know if we were supposed to. I don't know if we were supposed to reveal that information to people. But yeah, I mean that clearly weekly listeners. So we're booking it now. Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje versus Nate Diaz, <laughs> and Michael Chandler versus Rafael dos Anjos. Get your tickets. Get your, that's a dope. That would be so damn dope. Oh, that, that would, would be insane. Be a, that would be a dope ass card. That would be I'm insane. not gonna lie. That would be dope. All right, listen, uh, listen. you could keep talking about this forever. The great thing is we got a lot of big fights coming up at Lightweight, man. The Lightweight division is incredibly exciting right now. So uh, good fights to be made to be coming up for sure. So uh, listen, by the way, if you enjoyed kind of that post-fight talk that we just had like that, you know, you should go over and uh, sign up at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, where it's for as little as $3 a month. You can help support the podcast, which, you know, we're just a couple of guys out here grinding. We could use the assistance. But on, on top of that, you get exclusive access to the and a half each and every week after UFC events where I sit down, recap the night's action, bring you some of uh, bring you some of the, the content from the evening, some of the post-fight interviews and that sort of thing. We'll give you some thoughts and analysis and that sort of thing. You can join our, two of our new good friends. Isn't that right, Coke Coffee? Manny Ortiz, Adam Snowball. Yeah, Manny. I don't know if Snowball is actually the last name. It could be. He's a he's a he's a coke dealer. He's a coke dealer. I can tell. He's like, or, or maybe I guess I guess it is winter time. Maybe he just really really loves winter, or he's a huge coke dealer and he's just like they're like, oh that's Adam Snowball man. That motherfucker always be snowed down. He always be snowed in. You so you clearly so clearly know. he's a huge coke dealer in the south somewhere like deep south is is what I'm. <laughs> Deep, 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 deep. I'm telling you, and, and Patreon's fun, and, and you know we have we've had some great ones. And I want to give a shout out to Ryan Vinoy is one of the guys that's been a, a big, big listener, big fan. Mm. Just like sent a message the other day and was like, "Hey fellas, much love." Like I love that, you know. Like uh, you guys write us, man. Like that part of the the Patreon is like we we read everything and we mm-hmm. we will respond whatever. I mean, if you want a direct line, just chat talk shit, you know, do whatever. Um, that's, that's what that is for. That is the community that that's been building there is, has been awesome. Um, I know I've leaned on it in the past and, yes. uh, it's, 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 it's good shit. So, um, we'd be more than happy to have you guys, uh, to be a part of the family and thank you for the new additions and thank you for the old school. I know we don't get around to, to thanking you all as much as we used to by name, but, uh, 
uh, in thoughts. You guys are uh, you're all my heroes. Thank you very very much. But I want to shout out Rhyme just because I he was one of the last guys that just shot a little message, and I love it because you know you have guys that chime in after every event or after the post show. You know, Mark Fell is a big another big yep. one that kind of chimes in every once in a while. But but that's what it's for, you know. Like just because you're a member and you're and you're listening, you're getting the and a half doesn't mean you can't just like chat and be like, "What's up, fellas? This, what do you think about this?" Because that's part of what this is for. If you have questions about going into the fight week, if there's things that we can ask fighters, if there's things that we can bring up, that's what this is for. Let us know what what you guys are thinking about. What you're wondering about, and if we could work it into like fighter interviews, if we could work it into the next show or whatever, that's what it's that's what it's there for, and I we encourage it, and uh, I love the, the 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 people that are actually taking advantage of that and reaching out and saying stuff. So you that's know, it. I just want to make sure I gave a shout out to the people that are actually. I think you, you know, kind I, of going above and beyond. I think it's a good shout out, and I think it's a strong message. But I really think in order for it to resonate the way that it should with our listeners, it. It should really be delivered in song, Cold Coffee. I really think that's the only way <laughs> to to really get them to understand the type of passion that you have for what they do and, and how much the community means. We love you, folks. I love you, folks. I love <laughs> Hey, this is for you, Simon. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Wait. Ah, uh, whatever. I'm working on that song for you, Simon. But yeah, we love y'all. Come for the MMA talk. Stay for the musical interludes. I wasn't ready. I had to keep. I had to cue up the the the, the music. I wasn't. I wasn't ready. For oh, you got You got to stay ready. Now that I know you have constant access to a keyboard, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hammer it home. I know. The wine. The wine's been getting. The wine's settling on my head already. I like it. I like this it. Well, is listen. Good. No, uh, no, no UFC action this week, but uh, we, we'll be back in action next week for UFC Fight Night 184, Overeem versus Volkov. I gotta say, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good looking card. I mean, Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov in the main event—that's meaningful. Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen. You know, whether you like the matchmaking or not, there certainly a, a really, a really you know meaningful fight and a potentially good fight. Uh, I mean, you can Benil Darius, Diego Fajeda is on there. Old schoolers, Clay Guida and Michael Johnson getting at it. So uh, we'll have we'll have previews of all that next week. But and Cole Coffee, I'm not even sure if you're aware of this yet, but there is a slight possibility that we may be actually doing in-person interviews with these fighters and what? saying goodbye. <laughs> that was a G minor for it for good <laughs> goodbye. G minor goodbye to the virtual media days, man. Uh, That's G major. That's G major. G major. Goodbye, motherfucking virtuals. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen. Uh, shout out to the UFC. Um, I, I I don't know that it's been approved yet. I know they're working on some final plans, but they have heard our cries awesome. of pain, uh, and they're trying to to have in person media days. You know, I'm sure there will be. You know, some COVID testing involved and some, you know, whatever else to get things done. But my understanding is maybe as soon as next week and hopefully in the very near future, at least, we'll get back to having real in-person interviews. 
from my understanding, the, the virtual media days will still exist for media that can't travel, for media that doesn't live here. But yeah. uh, but which it should, which it which should. should. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. That's that's not a bad addition to the rotation. But just for me, I gotta say it, and I gotta imagine fans listen to this. Fans, why I can't imagine many fans watch those virtual media day sessions. I mean, sure, in the beginning when that's all we had, you know, we 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 went with it, and and, and we were happy to have it because we didn't have anything, but. I gotta imagine yeah. there's very few fans that sat down and watch those things because they're they're brutal. It's so hard. It's so hard to watch. I mean, with the bad quality and, and then the audio goes out and then it's just a weird framing. And then we'll put the videos out there and people are yelling, you're like, man, fix your camera. What's wrong with your audio? And it's like, bro, that's not our audio. That's not our gear. Yep. You know, so yeah, everybody's fatigued. Everybody's fatigued. We're we're fatigued having to deal with it over yep. and over. And I know you guys are tired of watching it because it's just who wants to watch something that looks like it was shot like 30 years ago and, and with like bad VHS quality that we just dubbed, you know, it's just, it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. I'm for praying a 4 billion valuated company. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's no GameStop. It's no GameStop valuation run up the chart, but uh, you know, that stuff is crazy, by the way. Do not buy GameStop. Do not that lose your money. That is crazy. That is a that is a weird <laughs> look. I am not. Uh, I will not pretend to be uh, some type of big stock investor, but just uh, watching that whole thing play out and, and and reading, you know, how it happened and and kind of. Yeah, I mean the reasoning behind it. I get it. You know, I mean it's so frustrating. These all these hedge funds that put so much money and will move the price of stocks, even though. You look at the economics of a company and you're like, oh, this looks good. This should be under, you know, this should be great. And you're like, why is it going down? It doesn't make any sense. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, it's these big hedge funds throwing their big dick around and throwing all this money. And then it drives it down because then they they short it and they're like, oh, you know, it's going to go down. And then people are like, oh, okay, you know. And so it drives the price down. And then here's people that they're like, no, we're done playing your game. You want to drive it down and you're betting on the fact that the, the price is going to go down, how about we actually put our money behind it and buy it up? And then and then they have to then sell stocks to cover it because they have to they have to cover uh, the their order. And so they're losing all this money. So it's them saying, heck with you manipulating the system. Let us work the system so that you, the big guys that have been pushing all these companies down, you pay the price. And then now you have... Uh, all these commissions and people starting to look at it now sort of saying, well, we should probably do something about it. We probably shouldn't allow them to do this. And it's like, you're not stopping the big hedge funds from doing yep. it. Why are you going to stop these guys? Yep. You know, and the fact that it, like, it's so funny that one of the, the companies that these people are using to, in a sense, rob from the rich is this Robin Hood, which allows all these group of people to right. buy fractional shares and to jump into together, you know? So it's kind of funny that, that was one of the ones that they're to, to doing it. But, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, when you look at the value of what GameStop is being boosted up there, just know if you are an investor and you're looking at the company is not worth that much money. So if you want to play along and you want to, to, to hop in and ride the wave, understand and know that if you get it and you buy it and you're hoping that somebody comes right behind you and buys it up at a higher value that you could sell your money, that's great if it works for you. But you also run the risk of the bottom completely dropping out because there is no real economic valuation for this. It doesn't exist. Right. This GameStop is is not worth 
like what a Best Buy is. Right. And when the the money's getting up by Best Buy numbers and other stuff, it's it's just ridiculous. So just you know, have fun and and, and just but know what you're doing and understand it. So if if this whole thing makes people eventually understand better uh, to research a stock and understand what's worth it and what's the value of it. Um, good. And if, and if it also brings to light the fact that these big hedge funds have been for so long manipulating the price cost with the amount of money that they have, that they can cause these huge price swings that you as an investor, are like, you know, I, I don't get it. I've been looking at it and it, and it should go up. I don't understand why it's going down. That's the crazy shit about the stock market. Sometimes it makes no sense because there's other forces outside of what should be happening, causing it to happen. And that's what's scary about it, you know, because, you know, I, and I said this in our, our past, and I know I'm going on way too long about this, whatever, our, uh, <laughs> our, our, our work chat, the past administration wanted things like Social Security to be gone. They wanted everybody to take their money and their retirements and put it in the stock market. So you're telling you want everybody to put their money into something that can be easily manipulated by these hedge fund companies that are just trying to make a, a big bulk amount of money. So even if they buy a company, you as a, a person... You and you, you've been saving all your life and then you're retiring and you, you buy into a company because you know it's a good company, but then it gets driven down by some huge hedge fund or something and you lose a lot of your money and That's you crazy. don't have that security blanket anymore. That'd be really, really a bad, sad day. I mean, if you if you play the stock market and you get in there and you understand it and you do it the right way, it could be very exciting and it can be fun and you know you have the possibility of getting better gains than just putting in a, a low interest like a checking or like a CD or something, but um, it's just crazy. But it's crazy to see this whole thing with uh, the GameStop happening. It's just it's just unreal. But yeah, we started talking about the valuation of this four billion dollar company and how they don't have any cameras uh, and and other stuff, which is kind of <laughs> shady. But but hey, it's crazy because that's what's happening. It's come, happening. It's in the news. For the, it's all anybody's talking about. Come for the <laughs> MMA talk. Get the musical interludes. Get the hiking recommendations. Uh, get some. Get, get some financial advice. We got. We got. Hey, you know. You know what is funny though. I do. I do wonder if there's like a a CEO or something of GameStop who just made an absolute killing on like stock options that he had uh, or she had for that matter. You know, like somebody that just had like a huge portion of their income in stock options and it was just like made out like a damn bandit dude i, I wonder if somebody had Who a massive wouldn't? windfall yeah even if you're like maybe you're you're um, just a low level you know manager you know but you happen to have had something and you know you're like whatever and you and you have the vested part the way you could sell why the heck not wouldn't you hell I mean, no take advantage by selling a lot of times can can cause it you know when there's huge runs on sales you know can cause it to go down as well but why not dude the price has went up so incredibly Good on you if you're able to make out on it. <laughs> you get that once-in-a-lifetime on chance. Hopefully somebody got just, like, ultra-rich off of it, man. That'd be awesome. Um, all right. Well, speaking of batshit crazy stuff, uh, are, are you getting excited for this boxing match between Jake Paul and Ben Askren? Are, are the, they're, they're going back and forth. They're, uh, they're, 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 they're talking about it. The promos are out there. The social media is being done. The interviews are being done. And I gotta ask if you're getting excited, because because I gotta say this, I, I want to throw my take out there on this first, and then find out how you're feeling about it. Because I want to say this, I'm happy for Ben Askren to get a paycheck, man. I am, you know what I mean. I've always liked Ben Askren. 
you know, even though he's a little a little sassy sometimes, I think it's in a fun way, a yep. clever way. I always think it's great. You know, we used to joke about how, you know, he never said a cuss word, which was awesome. Like, all his stuff you could use and you could monetize for our websites and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So he did a great job. I, I love what he did. So I'm happy for him that he's getting But I guess what I don't understand about the whole fight and we, we've said before, listen, there are such things as just spectacles. You know, there are just freak show type things uh, that people just want to tune in for. It doesn't always have to be about number one versus number two in the world. But I don't really understand kind of what this boxing match actually means, like what it what it tells anybody. Because like I said, I'm happy for Askren to get a check. I'll actually say good on Jake Paul for taking the challenge. I mean, fighting a real fighter. But what I guess I don't understand is, is what does it mean? I mean, Ben Askren is widely regarded as one of the least effective strikers in MMA. And, and I don't mean that as an insult to him. I think he'd be happy to admit striking is not his specialty. So why, why do you pick possibly the worst striker in MMA and say, I'm going to fight that guy in a boxing match? Like, what does that prove? It may be, I, saw, I saw Gokan Saki, of all people on social media saying, I bet he wouldn't take that fight with me. It's like, no shit he wouldn't take the fight with you, Gokan Saki, because you would murder him. But that would almost be yeah. like if that would be like if Jake Paul challenged Gokan Saki to a grappling match. You know what I mean? Like, hey man, I'm gonna beat Gokan Saki in BJJ. Like, who cares? I don't like what is like what does that mean? So I don't understand what the match means. So it's weird. I, I'm not. I'm not one of these people. I, I, I'm not one of these people who says, "Hey, it can't happen. This is an abomination to the sport." No. If two guys want to get in there and make some money, and people are willing to pay for it, good on them both for doing it. I got no problems. I guess I just don't understand what it means. I mean, if Jake Paul beats the worst striker in MMA and boxing, and and, and I, I mean that with no disrespect, I don't understand what that accomplishes. And honestly. Yeah. If Ben Askren outboxes a YouTuber, I don't understand what that means. So I, I don't. I have a hard time wrapping my head around. I'm not excited for it. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not opposed to these yeah. guys fighting, but I'm just. I, it doesn't get me. Yeah, I mean, I th I think that ultimately that's what it is for me. Is just two guys having a little fun, going out and going to get a big payday. I think both both of them realize in the long the the, the big scheme of things, it means absolutely nothing outside of the fact of. Two guys going in there and fighting and getting a big payday. Yeah, you know Ben has said, you know I, you know when he was asked, Mike Bond talked with him uh, early day in an interview and he's like, so what what's in it for you? And he's like, I get to go in there and beat up a YouTuber. That's it, <laughs> you know. And he's like, you know, Mike asked him, you know, are you trying to like, is this you fighting to defend MMA and blah blah? And he's like, no, not at all. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's just me, literally. Getting a chance to go in there and beat up on a YouTuber, <laughs> he, it's it's about getting money. And the same thing for 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 Jake. I mean, he's getting the opportunity to go in there and fight a legit UFC fighter, a former champion. And if he's able to pull off a boxing win, good on him. I mean, it, it's it's the same thing. We know that if it was an MMA fight, it would never actually happen. But the fact that there's a possibility, and he's had he's done recently pretty well with his hands. Um, why not do it? But I mean, it'd be one thing for him to to then still say like you know, to say that Ben has no hands. Ben maybe has no hands compared to a top level striker within the right. UFC. Right. But he still got better hands than I do. That's true. I'm sure he's got better hands than you. That is true. You know, does he have better hands than Jake? I would assume he does because he's made it to that level. I mean, he's thrown many many punches in sparring. He's yes. thrown many many punches in a lot of fights. 
most people don't know of him for his striking by any means, but you know, I don't. It's still look better at Jake than ninety nine point nine percent of the population. Yeah, and I don't look at Jake Paul and say, "My God, he is one hell of a boxer." Right. No, I don't say that either. You know, so he's 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 giving up something for himself as well. But I don't look and say this is anything more outside of you know two guys being able to make a big payday on something that is gonna take both of them less than you know. 30 minutes on fight night, you know, and it might take them, you know, whatever amount of days and weeks that they allow themselves to actually be training for this, as opposed to just training. Um, it's just two guys going in to get a big payday. It doesn't, I don't, you know, it's the MMA world. Isn't going to be hurt by this. If, oh. if Ben loses and even Ben even said, he was like, if I lose, so what, you know, I, he'll, he'll get over match. it. And, you know, I mean, it's just a boxing match and, and both guys are just going to go in there and, Make a little money. I mean, am I excited for it? I wouldn't say I'm excited. I don't mind it. I'm not upset about that it's happening, but I honestly haven't really been following much of it. In fact, the uh, the interview that I watched today with Mike and uh, Ben Askren is the first thing that I've really even <laughs> tried to pay attention to it. That's because I knew it, it was, was your job on, to I was do it. Like, I was like, eh. <laughs> and that's because it was my job to do it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, that's I guess that's I'm not, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not going out of my way to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, again, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not trying to pretend like this is some travesty, but it, it hasn't hooked me to the point where I'm like, oh, ho, ho, I can't wait, you know, for this freak show. So, I, I don't know. We'll see how yeah. it does. Ho it's hopefully not it does holding well. up. A, yeah, and it's not holding up a division. It's not It's not doing True. the things that we all were like when Connor, you know, was holding up a division to try to go fight Mayweather or – if somebody was an active uh, person holding up a spot and making people and their livelihood be on hold while you went and did this crazy circus sideshow, then I could see where it'd be like, oh man, bad form. But it's just literally, it has, it, the UFC is going to not even have a blip on the radar for this nah. particular thing. It does nothing to affect the daily business. Uh, the UFC is not losing money for it happening because they have no hands in it. Um, it, it is what it is. I mean, in fact, you know, like I can't remember his exact words, but he said it was as easy, you know, when Mike asked him, you know, was it any sort of hard problems getting the UFC to sort of say like, Hey, is this cool or whatever? He said it was like the easiest negotiating he's ever had with the UFC when it came to things, you know, like, just like <laughs> they're like, bro, we're done. You want to, we're what? done okay. with you, bro. Yeah. Go do whatever you want. Yeah. As long as it's not MMA, go do whatever you want. Have, have fun. <laughs> All right, so here's my other question then. What do you make of uh, Jorge Masvidal's involvement in this? Of, I mean, he, you know, he shot a video, him and Jake Paul, uh, you know, kind of practicing together a little bit. Now, I don't know how much Masvidal's really going to be involved in his training, but I don't know. What do you, what do you yeah. take out of this? Because it, it's weird. On the one hand, I guess, you know, hey, listen, Jake Paul's got a big following, so for Masvidal to, you know, just kind of – you know, tie himself to that a little bit, get a little exposure. It's not the, it's not the worst That's in the it. world. Is, is, is it that simple? Because it's funny because I, I just think, think I th it's not like he's a bitter rival with Ben Askren. I, I think, I think the no. rivalry with him and Ben Askren has been put in the past. I think he's just setting himself up for the future in the sense of you know, as the fighting career ends, if he wanted to possibly you know swing into Hollywood or in that whole sort of community i think this is the kind of thing that you want to, to sort of do is just you know ride ride the i don't want to say 15 minutes but ride <laughs> ride your fame right now and if you're making connections 
in the I, I say this lightly, but the entertainment industry, because I guess that's all I can really sort of call the social YouTuber stuff, right. is that those are people in the industry. I'm sure they know people or whatever. Um, good on him. I mean, he's just he's just he's like a a celebrity coach or something, you know, just helping this guy do whatever. But um, I don't think it's anything like he's like, oh man, I got to make sure that you beat Ben because I still hate that guy. I mean, he already demolished him. I don't think any literal bad feelings are done at this point. It's not yeah. like Ben's still over here in the corner chirping, saying like, I want to run that one back. I want that one back. You know, I was, I made a mistake, you know, like it's just not happening. I think if anything, he, you know, I've seen other videos of, of, uh, even the fucking, sorry, the Trumps were on a boat partying. <laughs> Masvidal's on this boat partying with the Trumps. You know, he's riding the wave, you know, of, Dealing with these people that can help open up doors after his career is what I see this as, is, is making connections. It's networking. He's he's helping Jake Paul because at some point this might help open up a door for for something else is yep. what I see this as. I mean, so even if, even if they became boys, which I don't think they'll become boys, they might become friendly or whatever, but... If anything else, I just I just look this as a as a networking opportunity to to give George uh, a possibility to do something after fighting. I like that networking opportunity. I like I like the way you phrase that. That's yeah. a, that's a good way to put it there. I, I like that. We'll see how that all plans out. I mean, listen, I, at the end of the day, I'll still end up watching the damn boxing match. Although if it takes place during a UFC oh, event, I probably won't. Probably won't. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how the scheduling plays out. Uh, all right, I want to hit hit you with a couple quick hits here. A little couple. Quick hits to, uh, and I'll just lay three items out there and see if you want to talk about any of them. First, uh, one championship. They are uh, doing a live event on TNT uh, in April, so it's a, it's a little. Actually, before I even say that, I should say shout out to the folks over at MMA Bobbleheads. Uh, when I came back from Fight Island, I haven't put it on social media yet. I'm gonna put it, but uh, our man David sent me uh, one of the Demetrius Johnson bobbleheads, which I think are oh, nice. super cool, man. So I'll be the newest one in the collection. I'll add it to my to my home setup here really soon, but. They're you gonna go live. Yet? I haven't unboxed it yet, but I, I no, I have. I've, oh, okay. I've taken a look at it, but I haven't set it up yet in my office yet. I've, I've, oh, I'll take a look at it. It's sharp, man. Show I just me. need to Where's put that? a picture on social media reach? right now. Yeah, yeah, it's got it, got it right here. Look at this beautiful thing. Yeah, just show me. Beautiful. Is that what it looks like? Yeah. Pretty cool looking. The, the the box has the one championship belt on it, which is super cool. Then you got the. Got it all oh, packed. so this is a one version. This isn't like the bobblehead, dude. No, it's what it's, they did it in partnership. MMA bobblehead did it in partnership really? with one championship. Yeah, look, it's got the one logo on it, and it's got the belt. But it's, I mean, yeah, but it's yeah. In, in, yeah, he's moving up in the world, bro. He's doing deals with promotions and stuff now, man. Dave's moving wow. up in the world. But uh, all right, so one championship. Him. They're going to be live on TNT. They're doing four events on TNT prime time in the United States in April. I do want to point out the first one is live. The other three are tape delayed. I don't love that aspect of it, but I understand what they're doing. Uh, they just, you know, they're 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 doing everything in batches, basically, where they can, you know, kind of keep those operational costs down, keep everything uh, together, and then, uh, you know, then they can space out the content. It, it is amazing to me how well they've done in keeping their results quiet uh, because I haven't seen any leaking of results as we did in like the Ultimate Fighter or something back in the day, but. At the same time, I mean, it just goes to show you a lot of people aren't digging around and that sort of thing. But Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez will both be on that first fight. Uh, it's going to be live uh, on prime time United States in April. So I think that is that is kind of a big moment for one championship. 
Second topic that I want to mention, and I guess my thoughts on that are that I'm excited for them. It's not, you know, the UFC on network television, but it's a step in the right direction for one championship to get a foothold in the United States. That's for sure. Second yeah, one. Yeah, I like the live one. I like yeah. the live video. I wish they were – I just – Dude, I think – sucks. The, uh, that's it, man. I think they got – I think they got to go live every week, man. I think they got to go live every week. I, I, I know it's the pandemic, and that's tough. Um, and they're still doing them in Singapore, so it's going to be the middle of the night over there for them. So I know that's going to be a pain in the ass. But, hey, man, we've done it at Fight Island. They can do it too. Uh, so we'll see. But I, it, it is a big one. All right, second topic. Quick kudos to Raquel Pennington. Clarity and honesty with her drug suspension. Um, I know it may sound weird to give kudos to somebody that is – on a drug suspension, but I mean, she basically owned up to everything. And from behind the scenes, Jeff Nowitzki, the folks at USADA, they all say she was 100% transparent, 100% uh, open, honest, willing to help with everything. She put out an extensive statement on her social media saying, look, here's exactly what happened. It's my fault. I apologize. It was an accident. I was prescribed this stuff by a doctor. I didn't realize it was a, a, a potential, you know, banned substance uh, and, and it won't happen again. She's got a six-month suspension. She'll be eligible to return in May. Last one, Tito Ortiz might get pulled from his mayor pro tem position. I don't get into politics much, but I've seen some of the clips online, uh, and it doesn't seem to me like he's been doing the greatest in his mayor pro tem role. The thing I did want to point out as well, though, uh, if he gets pulled from this, he's still actually going to be on the city council. The mayor pro tem position just basically means you're the mayor – when the mayor isn't there, but it's kind of largely a ceremonial type position. So uh, just if mm -hmm. you happen to have seen this headline and think that he might be getting pulled from the city council, I will point out that that's not the case. He's not going to be pulled from the city council entirely. He'll just be pulled from this kind of honorary leadership role, that sort of thing. But he's definitely rubbing some people the wrong way uh, out there in Huntington Beach. Now, I don't necessarily like to get into to politics too terribly much, but like I said, he's been – uh, frustrating some people behind the scenes. So one championship, Raquel Pennington, Tito Ortiz, cold coffee. Any thoughts on those stories? Even just one of them. Um, uh, I like the fact that one is going to be on TNT, which is awesome. Um, I hate uh, tape delays, but it is what it is. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they're coming here. Raquel, good on her for, for doing what's needed. Raquel's always been an upstanding person. I would never think that Raquel was ever going out there and actively trying to cheat the system uh, she just doesn't she doesn't uh it just doesn't sit well to me like that she would ever try to do something to get some sort of competitive advantage uh she works her butt off i've, I've never seen anything to think that she would look for a shortcut um somewhere along the line so the fact that she's going out and trying to do the right things and i'm glad that they only gave her six months as opposed to something that could have been longer um for doing the right thing so good on her um so yeah i can i i i Agree with you for the whole, uh, you know, kudos for her for doing the right thing. But um, in my gut, she she would never. I don't. I I don't. I would. I can't say that she would never, but I would feel like that. I would. I would be very very surprised if it ever came out that she legitimately ever tried to cheat. I, I would just agree. it just doesn't ring true. But as for Tito, Tito, you're a fucking joke. <laughs> he uh, I'm he's he's supposed to be on the council. I don't even know if he's ever made it to a council because everything every video I see he doesn't want to do anything because he doesn't want to wear a mask. He was trying to go into some business and was mad on Instagram or whatever. Say you you're losing my business because how dare you make me wear a mask going into your business? It's like dude, you are a grown ass man. Can you not just follow a business's um what they're asking you? And if you don't, 
That's cool. Don't go in. But do you need to go on social media and be an asshole about it? You don't. And if I was anybody that you voted to allow you to do whatever, I would be ashamed of myself. And uh, good on the council for doing whatever. I mean, what a... Dude, but I mean, it's Tito. How can we be surprised anymore at, at this sort of stuff? But yeah, I mean, ugh. everything I've seen about him, every last things I've seen from, I haven't seen one positive post that I can remember. From him, and maybe I need to go back and give his, his Insta another chance. But everything I see is just him spewing, mm, angry, angry Tito, me, 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 you know, and it's just like, Dude, get out of here! Go away already! Uh, like you want to, you want to get into politics to help make a change, but this, this is you making a change by going and being mad because you can't go get your fucking favorite burrito or whatever the place was. Like, dude, <laughs> come on! It's okay. It's just a burrito. You can find uh, another place to eat. Let me just say that uh, red wine cold coffee is becoming. A, it's, <laughs> look, it's not quite latchkey brewing cold coffee. You know what I mean? It's not quite there. But red wine cold coffee is starting to get up there on my list of cold coffees to take part in the MMA Roadshow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I like Tito. <laughs> I actually like Tito. But it's like if I ever did, which, I mean, people call me out all the time when I do stupid shit, you know. And, and kudos that you should. Like, people should be calling him out for his actions. How can he be proud? I mean, do you think that's what your kids want to see? When they're looking on the social media and see dad acting a fool, like no. act like you think your kids want you to act like you are leaving a that's your legacy. That, that's what your kids are going to look up to. You want your kids acting a fool? Like, come on. Like, I'm not even a parent, but I know enough to know that I wouldn't act like that if I had little little mini me's watching my actions and then think that this is how you're supposed to act as a human being. Yeah. Like, come on, brah. That is that's that's weird, a, man. That is 100% your job weird. as a parent to set a proper example for your child. So you're right about that. Listen, uh, all right. I want to give one last little thing. It's a non-event week, so we'll keep it relatively short this week. But uh, did want to give a quick shout-out. We just found out uh, a good friend of ours right before we started uh, has tested positive. Are we allowed positive to say this? COVID. I, I don't, I'm just going to say it's a good friend of ours has tested positive for okay. COVID-19. That's I, good, I, good, good play. Good I don't play. know. I don't know where we're clear. So uh, that good friend is a is a frequent listener. So uh, just I love say, you, brah. Yeah, shout out. Hope that uh, that he's feeling better because uh, seems to be doing okay so far, but is is definitely bad on the symptoms and and found uh, went and got a test and found out it, uh, he's positive. So hopefully it doesn't get uh, to the bad side of things with this thing. I know it, it, yeah, it's everybody differently. Dirty booty. Right? Yeah, you gotta watch that dirty booty, man. Yeah. It happens. I can see. Sending the love out, man. The sensitivity is there. I love it. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but sending out some good some, some good vibes that way. Sending, Actually, sending good healing vibes. Getting Sending the vibes. Sending the vibes. Knowing this good friend of ours, he'd probably appreciate some dirty booty. That's probably what he'd be more like instead. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the booty until your symptoms go away, brah. Stay away from the dirty booty until your symptoms go away. Oh, man. Awesome. I'm All telling right. you, man, like. It is. It is one thing. I I've kind of missed the test, the 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 regular uh, COVID test because it's nice to know that you're negative. But man, I'm literally going stir crazy lately with with no fights. When the fights are on Fight Island, I'm losing my mind sitting at my house. I almost like want to test the waters just so I can get out of this house. I'm literally losing my mind. Yeah, man. I'm literally it's, losing uh, my at mind. Least, but at least I say that in busy. joking because you don't want to get. Yeah, I, I say that in joking because you don't want to catch it just 
by going out, but whatever. But man, it's tough, man. I and I know of other people in uh, other countries that have been locked down for months, and then it's it's. Uh, I was talking to a, a friend in I think Ireland. I think they're still locked down to like end of March or something. Jesus. And I'm just like, dude, it's uh, it's unreal. So, yeah, I mean, be safe out there, folks. I mean, I know it's it's rough, man. It's it. We're all we're all going a little stir crazy, man. We're all losing it a little bit, but that's the truth. Uh, stay that's the truth. Be safe. Stay well. Be safe. Well, we get back to the fight starting next week, so hopefully that'll help you out. Like I said, I'm may- excited. Maybe those live media days, which would be big as well, but at least the live fights for sure. We'll have it all covered. We'll talk about it. We'll do a recap on and a half if you want to join us over there. Mm-hmm. So until then, we'll just say <laughs> thanks for listening.